Heavenly Father, I pray that you would speak to us once again through your word by your spirit. Give us hearts and minds open to receive from you and wills to do that which you may call us to. In Jesus' name. Nineteenth-century English Catholic historian, politician, and writer, Lord Acton, famously said, anybody know? <laughs> famously said, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. But Lord Acton was wrong. For the only time that the world has ever seen absolute power in human form was in Jesus. He was the most powerful man ever to walk on the face of the earth. And that man, Jesus, rather than being corrupted by his power, laid his power aside, humbled himself, and washed the feet of his disciples. In the year 400, Severian, Bishop of Gabala in Syria, preaching on this evening's gospel text, said this, he who wraps the heavens in clouds wrapped round himself a towel. He who pours the water into the rivers and pools tipped water into a basin. And he before whom every knee bends in heaven and on earth and under the earth knelt to wash the feet of his disciples. Jesus loved his disciples to the end, to the utmost. This Monday Thursday account of Jesus washing the feet of his disciples is both a shocking and powerful scene. As some of you probably know by now, I'm not a big fan of foot washing. Um, I find the whole business rather distasteful. It's a bit embarrassing. It's a bit awkward. It feels anachronistic. I mean, it's not part of our culture anymore. I mean, I guess when all is said and done, I, I just don't like it. And I don't want anyone touching my feet. Now, ironically, I think that perhaps does put me in touch albeit for very different reasons, with the disciples, who also had a really hard time with Jesus washing their feet. For them, it wasn't because it was a weird thing to have someone else wash your feet. It wasn't. Guests had their feet washed. No, what made it so awkward was that this was the job of slaves. Well, on this occasion... No one had taken the trouble to do the hospitable thing and see that the disciples had had their feet washed. But Jesus, rather than wondering why no one had taken care of this or logging a complaint, he just got up and did it. That, by the way, is what real power does with that power. Absolute cosmic power loves and washes, takes the place of a slave, and reconciles, forgives, restores, and heals. 
The washing on that Thursday night was a dramatic analogy of the washing that was to follow the next day. This whole thing wasn't only about Jesus being willing to take on smelly, dirty feet. Rather, it was about Jesus being willing to take on the stench and filth of human sin. Getting clean when you're dirty or damaged or diseased is a messy business. And that's the whole point. What Jesus did in washing the disciples' feet was pregnant with meaning at so many levels. It's only when Christ washes us that we are truly clean. And the cross is where we see the ultimate act of washing and purification. As Jesus washes us clean by his blood. You cannot wash and clean without getting wet and dirty. How much more is that true in tackling the stains of sin? Washing a rebellious world is a messy business and a costly job. Jesus, who knew no sin, took on the dirt and the stain of our sins, paying the ultimate price to make us clean. You know, to play the part of the slave and wash feet is one thing, but to become the criminal and be punished for the sins of the world is quite another. On Monday, Thursday, Jesus humbled himself and stooped to wash the feet of the disciples in, in what was really, in some ways, a dramatic enactment of the ultimate humiliation that he bore for our sake on Good Friday to make us clean from sin. That is just so amazing that the one who knew ultimate power took on ultimate humiliation. But I should not get ahead of myself. That's for tomorrow. I hope you'll be back tomorrow. Let's stay with this scene on Monday, Thursday. Jesus comes to Peter and says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? I don't think so. You're crazy. I mean, that's my paraphrase. It's not exactly what he said. But I think that's the meaning. No. Jesus, you can't possibly wash my feet. Peter did not understand what Jesus was doing. But why? Why was he so opposed to having his feet washed? Was he hung up with people touching his feet like I am? I doubt it. Was he just embarrassed by the whole thing, feeling guilty perhaps that Jesus of all people was doing this menial task? Maybe. I, I think that's quite possible. But as is so often the case, when we find ourselves in very awkward situations, we experience many different emotions and reactions. Perhaps there was some pride there also. After all, it wasn't just humiliating for Jesus. It was kind of humiliating for Peter. It was, the whole thing was just very awkward. And Judas, where was he with all this? Nowhere good, that's for sure. He was in a place of selfish rebellion, totally unwilling to surrender to the love of Jesus that confronted him. You know, it's never easy accepting what is necessary to be made clean. 
it feels humiliating to come to the end of yourself. And I think it costs something to be willing to receive help. But however humbling it may be, it is always worth it. But Judas would not, would not humble himself. He would not receive Jesus' love. And the others, what was happening for them? How did Peter, James, and John, and the rest of them feel as the king of the universe knelt before them, kindly, gently, lovingly washing their feet? I should imagine that whatever feelings of awkwardness or outrage or shame or pride they may have had, I should imagine that those feelings began to melt away. And so I guess the question for us is, are we willing to let Jesus wash our feet? Are you willing to let Jesus see them, touch them, hold them, bathe them? And, and I think, you know, I'm, I'm not actually really talking about your feet. I'm talking about those parts of your life that you want to keep covered up hidden away for another day, another year. Well, ideally for some time never. Well, Jesus comes and says, I already know about it. I know about the secret sins. I know about that broken relationship. I know about your betrayal, your selfishness, your failure, your pride your stubbornness, your shame, your guilt, your weakness, your greatest fear. And I imagine Jesus saying, even though I know all of that, I love you. Let me wash you. Let me make you clean. Will it be frightening? It might be, but only for a moment. For perfect love casts out fear. But won't it make me vulnerable? Sure, it'll do that. But if you will come face to face with absolute power in Jesus, there is no corruption, no coercion, only love. A love so deep, a love so wide, a love so strong, a love that loves you to the end. Tonight, there are two sides to this great drama. There is allowing ourselves to be washed by Jesus. And then, there is being willing, in his name, to wash the feet of others. Do you know what I have done for you? Jesus asked his disciples. You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should do as I have done for you. Do you hear that? Young people, children, you should do this. Older people, you should do this. Busy people, you should do this. Oh, and again, I don't just mean wash feet. That's relatively easy. No, I mean 
you should love. For that is what Jesus asks of us all. And it's not romantic and gooey. It's not easy and glorious. Well, it is glorious, but, but not in the way we tend to think of glory. No, it's messy and hard and costly, and it's the most important thing we can ever do with our lives. And it needs to start at home among those closest to you, your family, your friends, your brothers and sisters, those at church. And, and then it needs to flow out of here like a great river into our very broken world as we share Christ's healing, as we share Christ's love, as we share the hope that he brings to this world. And we are challenged tonight not so much by words but by actions. Jesus demonstrates what it means to have the heart of a servant. Have you ever wondered how you know if you have the heart of a servant? It's actually not that difficult to figure out. Just see how you, are how you react when you are treated like one. And how did it make Jesus feel? How did he react when treated like a slave? Well, when did all this take place? It took place on the night that he was betrayed. On the night that he was handed over the night when he became imprisoned and powerless and not in control. Betrayal is a terrible, terrible thing. To be hurt by anyone is hard, but to be betrayed by someone you love, someone you have shared your life and soul with, that goes beyond hurt. Well, Jesus was betrayed by Judas. And yet, knowing what he was about to do, Jesus still knelt down before him and served him. He poured out his love even for his betrayer. And still tonight, Jesus pours out his love for all of us betrayers here, all of us who have scorned Jesus by our words or our thoughts or our actions or by our cowardice or by our silence or by our pride. Serving and loving and being as Jesus served and loved and lived is all about love. How will people know that we are followers of Jesus? Jesus tells us, by our love. And Jesus set the example. And he showed us that actions speak louder than words. Doing it says it. Love one another as I have loved you. Well, tonight we get the opportunity to enter into this great drama. We get the opportunity to wash one another's feet. Of course, you don't have to. No one should feel coerced or compelled. But I want to invite you, well, maybe even a little bit stronger than in invite, I, I want to ask you to enter into this. I challenge you to take the risk, as I challenge myself. Tonight, 
you have an opportunity to tell someone that you love them, but not in words, rather in the act of washing their feet. And I want to suggest for you three different categories of folks whose feet you might ask to wash. The first category is friends and family. You, you could ask to wash the feet of someone who already knows that you love them, maybe a friend or a family member, and that's a good thing to do. And tonight, in, in the simple act of wash, washing their feet, you can tell them once again that you love them. Some of you could do that this evening. Some of you should. The second category is those whom you find it rather more difficult to love. Tonight, you could ask to wash the feet of someone whom you find it hard to love. And, and washing their feet could be a sign, maybe more to you than to them, of your willingness to love, even when it's difficult for you. Some of you could do that this evening. Some of you probably should. The third category, and this is a tough one, the third category is those who may have hurt you. Tonight, you could ask to wash the feet of someone with whom you don't get along, or even of one who has hurt you, who has let you down, who may have betrayed you. Some of you could do that this evening. Some of you probably should. And I know that's a tough ask. But the Lord of the universe washed the feet of his disciples. And those disciples included the loyal ones, the ones he was closest to, the beloved disciple, as well as the weak ones, the doubting ones, and even the one who betrayed him. Is there someone here tonight in this room whose feet you could ask to wash? I think there is. Are you willing? Amazing love. Oh, what sacrifice. The Son of God given for me. My debt he pays. And my death he dies. That I might live. Washing someone's feet here tonight is probably not amazing love. It's probably not a huge sacrifice. But it's a beginning. And so this evening... Let it be a symbol of your willingness, your recommitment to be a disciple of Jesus who will obey the command that he gave us this night when he said, love one another as I have loved you. Amen.